My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Yeah, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Maybe we should call it Judd's Hockey Gripe Show. Uh, Judd and Declan. The Wilds coming off in another terrible performance. A 6-2 loss to the Philadelphia Flyers, who are in rebuild mode, although they're off to a good start. They're now 4-2-1. They're, they're undefeated at, at home. But nonetheless, troubling what we saw last night. Uh, Dex, the Wild has games... Uh, tonight, because we're recording this on a Friday, they're in Washington. Then they go to New Jersey before they come back home next week for a Sunday uh, late afternoon game, if I am not mistaken. So I'm going to give you, so as, as we talk about the troubles here, and like this team defensively has just been so far, after the 2 nothing win against the Panthers on opening night, been awful. But I'm going to give you an interesting factoid about the similarities between the okay. two starts last year okay. and this year. Yep. Okay, so the Wild right now, 3-3-1. Three, three and one. They have scored 26 goals. They have given up 30 goals. Now, remember, they started with a shutout. So they started really, really good. Uh, So they are a minus four in goal differential. A year ago, they started 3-3-1. They gave up 27 goals. Or I'm sorry, they scored 27 goals. They gave up 31. So they are nearly identical to the exact same really rough start that they got off to a year ago. Um. How do you feel about this, and how disturbing is it for you to see? Like, is Jared Spurgeon going to save the day, or does this team's defensive deficiencies, in your opinion, go beyond one player? Well, without a doubt, Jared Spurgeon's absence is being felt. That's clear. Um, in terms of uh, how concerned I am with this, I guess, team, not even just defense, but just team overall, um, yeah, it, it's probably even more concerning than I thought going into the preseason. I, I, I was probably the most ironically enough, the most skeptical of you and even Jesse going into this season that I thought a step back's probably in order here. Uh, not in order, but um, but probably most likely. And I think we're seeing that play out a little bit. Um, there's been some bright spots for sure. And yeah, it was funny that you brought up those statistics and I saw you tweet them out last night too because at the end of the game, I had the, we must have been on the same wavelength because I was like, you know what? What was their goal differential scored and allowed? Because this does feel like this exact same thing happened last year. Um, and it obviously is playing out like it did. Now, how much of this is, yes, yeah, Spurgeon just being out? Um, and how much of this is, do they need more external help? Last year, you know, it wasn't a defense and they traded for. They traded for Ryan Reeves to get him a little bit more size and a little bit more of a jolt in the room. And that worked. That worked for them. Bill's never been afraid to make those type of trades. And I'm wondering if we're seeing the same story potentially playing out here, or is Bill going to be maybe a little bit more patient and try to see when Spurgeon comes back, that if these warts try to fix themselves a little bit. Yeah, and here's the thing. So before they got Reeves, and I looked it up last night, I think it was um, later November of last season. It was like se- just season. after Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. yeah. But if you recall, that team, so the the wild start last year, which, again, is damn near identical, um, that team didn't seem to have its mojo. Like, they were getting pushed around, it felt like, and they, yeah. and they were just, they were lacking in any, bravado so last night's game starts with a staged fight between maroon and desjardins right who was Mm -hmm. who actually played here uh, a couple of years ago when the wild got him from the ducks but the fact is i don't feel like this team is lacking in like toughness um they're just not playing well and the goaltending is not helping them i saw since opening night gustafson's uh, goals against average is five something uh, the goaltending's not helping them with key saves. 
but the defensive play in front of him is absolutely atrocious. Now they do have um, Boldy hurt. They do have Goudreau hurt and Goudreau, despite the fact he was struggling uh, offensively, like he is a very responsible defensive forward. They do have Spurgeon out. So like there are issues here, but here's, so here's my concern. So take away, take away the excuses of, well, guys are hurt. This style of play that they're achieving right now and yes i'm being very sarcastic this style of play is so against how dean evison wants to coach this team like that's my question and then by the way just to be very clear i'm not calling for an immediate coaching change but like yeah but exactly but this is this is in no way shape or form like this is not a well they're trying something different this is just breakdowns and terrible defensive plays and i mean krill so the wild was what down three nothing last night third period they get uh, to three to two and they've got a chances to tie the game and then Kirill's in neutral and just gives the puck away like these are just dumb bad mistakes that this team if they are going to do anything absolutely positively cannot afford yeah uh two things i, I the first thing with the wild and dean evison style i mean i, I would even go back not whether it's Boudreaux or Torts or whoever, you know, they've, they've never been a bad defensive team. Um, they've always, I mean, they've had the same core defensemen for 10 years. I mean, I know Matt Dumba's gone now, but you know, Brodeen and Spurgeon, and then you make, you know, savvy trades for like Jake Middleton, which was a good move, but they've always had really sound defense. And it's not the sexiest way to play necessarily, but it's been a big reason why they've been one of the best regular season point percentage teams in the NHL during these playoff runs that end in numerous first round exits. Um, but that's been their bread and butter on top of average to good goaltending. And I'm with you that I don't put a lot of stock. I don't put on the pie chart of blame all on Gusson, but when you've allowed the most goals in the NHL, which yes. Gus has, he leads the league in goals allowed right now. And, you know, we talked about regression and, you know, there's, a not a huge enough sample size suggests that this is going to be who he is. But I mean, his goal saved above average last year is one of the best rates in the NHL after being a negative goaltender the year before. And through these five games, he started once again, it's in the negative. And you also have to look at maybe other situations where maybe Gus outperforms. So here's one for you that I'll give. So last year, Philip Gustin against on, on the power play. So when the other team obviously has the man advantage, Gustin saved nine, nine points, 0.917. 0.917% save percentage on power play shots, which is a very high number. Obviously, when you have the man advantage, you have the advantage that you're going to score. He allowed only 13 power play goals against 156 shots last year. That's, an, that's pretty damn good. This year, he's already allowed six goals on 24 shots on the man advantage. Now, again, your goaltender's got to be your best penalty killer, right? Like These are situations right. where it is on the goaltender. The goaltending has to be better. Um, yep. He's already allowed already half the amount of power play goals he's allowed all of last season. Um, and this is where you have to get kind of marry sometimes eye test analytics and all that stuff that I've talked to you about before. But in general, yeah, they're just not playing a sound defensive game. And there's certainly not enough mojo here on the offensive side for them to play this type of street hockey. Like it'd be, it'd be one thing if they had a lot of different, you know, depths of scoring, you know, those abs teams and stars teams before they got everything kind of figured out, they could play that style where they could play a five, four type of game night in and night out. The wild are not built to win five, four, six, five type of games. That's not what they're, that's not how they're going to win games. No, they can't give up six goals. No. Um, And what's, so 
I feel like the Edmonton win at the X a couple of nights ago, Tuesday night, I feel like it rope-a-doped us a bit too, Dex, because, you know, they won the game, they scored a bunch of goals, but the reality is Edmonton right now is playing atrocious. I think that if, if you if you handicap coaching changes, I think that they might make a coaching change fairly quickly. But they are playing, you know, the Oilers defensively have are just a train wreck. And so I feel like that comeback win covered up the warts of the fact that you fell behind a few times in that game at home um, and, again, had breakdowns. I'm with you, too. I am not going to um, absolve Gustafson and Fleury, but the problem does run deeper than them. And so they're not making key saves, but they're also being hung out to dry at times. And I look last night and, you know, Philadelphia is, is uh, got off to a good start last year where they were atrocious after that, but they're off to a good start this year. They've got some up and coming players, including Brink, who I believe went to, if I'm not mistaken, is a former skipper, if I'm not wrong about that. And, and then played college hockey at Denver. But anyway, um, Another interesting thing from the box score last night was Brodine and Faber were a minus two each. And I just don't, I, and Brock is, I'll defend him a lot because as we discussed with Jesse, he's being asked to do a lot of things that like Spurgeon would be asked to do. And he is a rookie. Uh, But, you know, just overall, something feels off here. And a year ago, I think it was very clear that the Wilds mojo and swagger was completely lacking. Because, in part, they not only needed a guy like Reeves on the ice, but his personality was actually far more instrumental in the locker room. I don't know that's the case now. And so that, I guess that's where I'm curious. When when Boldy and Spurgeon return, um, Goudreau, I'm not going to throw in that that group because that's not fair to him. But when they return, does that, like, is Spurgeon that important as the captain? And clearly he's a very good player. It just feels off to me, and I watch this team, and in no way does it resemble a Dean Everson coach team, and I just have questions, but I hesitate to get too excited about it because, you know, last year they get off to the same exact start, turned it around. It's so early, uh, but it is disturbing to see them go into Philadelphia, not necessarily lose, but lose like that. Yeah. And that's where Bill has to kind of weigh this thing out, right? Like once Spurgeon comes back, which could be next week, um, and I know Boldy also could be back in the lineup maybe by Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where you have to kind of manage your injuries and, and not completely panic. But we've mentioned before and other um, you know outlets and stuff have talked about that Thanksgiving Day bubble where if you're inside the top eight, you're, you have a pretty good idea of who that top eight is going to be. It might not be in the same order, but you kind of know. And if you position yourself where you're not even in that top eight discussion by, you know, Thanksgiving is basically a month away already, um, you kind of know what team you have there. So once Spurgeon gets back and Boldy get back and they, hey, if they get things right, they play wild hockey in November. Obviously, you and I are probably singing a different tune and, oh, yeah. you know, we're seeing if this is legit. Otherwise, if it's not, and if they come back and they're still playing this defensive lap, laps hockey, Bill Garrett's going to have a really tough decision to make on his hands, too. Well, to what you joked about before, that that if they continue to play like this defensively, you're gonna have to look at the coaching staff. Oh yeah, it's it's interesting too. I'm I'm just gonna throw this out there. I'm not Uh-oh. I'm not trying to tie it together Uh-oh. yet, but I'm gonna throw it out there as uh, as purely reckless speculation. Thursday on a Friday, okay. But it is interesting that Bill Guerin was not at the game last night in Philadelphia, but rather in Western Canada. Uh-huh. 
in Edmonton as the Oilers honored Dougie Waite, who is one of Bill's best friends in the world, who, of course, is the former coach of the Islanders and was the guy that was rumored to be or we all expected would actually be Boudreaux's replacement. That we that, you know, Dean would be the interim for the rest of the season that Bruce got fired. I think it was on Valentine's Day. Right. And then uh, Dougie Waite would get the job. Interesting that he was with Dougie Waite last night. Um, but yeah, this goes the concern about the play, which totally could change. But the concern about the play is it's a structure thing, too. And yes, being down bodies really hurts. But, you know, this isn't just like, well, the wild always plays like this and they need to just button down the defense. Um, what What's your opinion so far, uh, despite the fact that the great game that they had on Tuesday? And again, it was, that was against the team that basically allows you to play at a speed that teams love to play with if they possibly can. But what's your opinion of, of the first line right now and Kaprizov in particular? I thought Kaprizov was marvelous and the first line was too on Tuesday. Overall, though, I remain underwhelmed. And and that, that includes Kirill too, Dex. That includes Kirill. Uh, it just doesn't look like it's snapped in yet for him. So... Ryan Hartman obviously has the big hat trick the other night, which was good to see. And Kirill has been a notorious slow starter. So I, I think we have enough to suggest that, hey, it just takes him a little bit to get his feet wet. That's totally normal. Um, you haven't played NHL games in, you know, five, six months. It's going to be normal. But in general, um, with Boldy still out, I don't know that this team can just rely on Kirill Kaprizov to continue to score goals and generate offense for them. You're right. He had a, he had a better showing yesterday. And, you know, when he takes over games, it's a treat to watch because the Wild have never had a guy that can do this. I I see Wild PR keep tweeting out all the Kaprizov stats every time he racks up an assist or a goal or a point, and he's basically already top five in every single category, which is kind of a, a sad fact when you look at the history of this team that they've never had a real superstar, superstar like this. Um, right. But in general, I, I just don't think you can rely on Kirill Kaprizov to be your completely saving grace here. You know, if they were if they're getting good goaltending and they were getting good defense, yeah. Like, yes, you, you could, you can get by with, you know, the one superstar approach, but they're not getting that. And then that's obviously when as an offensive player or any type of player, when you're struggling like that, you start to press a little bit more, you try to do a little bit too much. And there's nothing that drives me more insane than Matt Zuccarello already trying to do too much on top of doing too much. Right. So, so that top line, they can't just yeah. necessarily rely on them to be the complete savers. They, they're going to need more help and they need to get all their game figured out. Otherwise I just don't see that offense being able to keep up. Now, I did hear that I believe last night they did juggle very briefly, and Erickson Eck was with Kirill for like a shift or two shifts tops. Um, they play the Capitals in Washington tonight. It's going to be Darcy Kemper, the former Wild goalie, in goal for the Capitals. It's going to be Mark Andre Fleury in goal for the Wild. And despite what occurred on Tuesday, Declan, tonight, I'm juggling lines. I'm juggling the lines. This team needs a wake up of some sort. Okay. This team needs a wake-up call of some sort. And and I think what we're seeing, you know, again, last night is the status quo. It just sort of gets sleepy. It just sort of gets sleepy. And Kirill needs a jolt. I, I mean, I'm sorry, but that neutral zone after the Wild had pulled within one, that neutral zone, zone turnover was a killer. It was an absolute killer. It would have been nice if Gus had made the save, but you still can't turn the puck over in that situation, especially when you have a letter. Like right. you, you gotta be, you gotta be batting that thing down, man. So I'm making, I am going to change. I'm going to juggle lines. 
I'm also going to get the fourth line some help because the fourth line last night was absolutely atrocious. It, it was not good. And you can't, they can't, you can't afford your fourth line to be defensively irresponsible. So I think tonight's the night against the Capitals, another team. I mean, they're long in the tooth, dude. They are, they, this, this is, this is now Ovechkin's drive to break Gretzky's goal scoring record. Like that's what the Capitals have going for them. Yep. Um, and so I am juggling lines tonight. Dean, you got to do something, man. Like you can't just sit here and watch this stuff and you can't just have this blind faith that it's going to be fine. This team needs a jolt. I'm Absolutely. jolting this team with a line with lineup combination, line changes. And, and I'm with you. I'm taking 36 away from 97 for at least a game. Um, this whole, this whole thing that they fall into this trap drives me absolutely crazy at times it's great when it works but they always overdo it yeah they did it just gets way too pass happy and yeah i mean if you if you get and look you're playing the second night of a back-to-back like you're on the road you're you're not going to be favored to win by any means but if this is another like ugly game i know they made it a one goal appearance in the third period at one point but like let's be honest they were chasing that game for you know 50 of the 60 minutes if it looks like that again you're gonna have to make drastic changes in the lineup I mean, I don't know if that's even healthy scratching people, but you're going to have to make drastic lineup changes. You can't just keep running it out there and saying, well, look, what do you do defensively? Just play, just play guys that you bring up. I think Addison probably would get scratched. Well, he's always the first guy. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's the first, he's the first domino to fall. So he'll get scratched for sure. He'll get scratched. Um, yeah. But yeah, they'd have to make some offensive changes as well. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not quite sure Johnny Merrill can play anymore. <laughs> yeah. So. No, Too bad. Seems like a great guy. Great guy. Seems like a great guy. All right. Uh, I'm sure we'll be back in the coming days with another edition of Judd's Hockey Show. Two games left on the strip. Hopefully it's going well so that when we talk to you okay. early next week, we could talk about a team that is uh, that is give us some positives to speak of. Uh, but until then, Declan, why don't you tell the fans of JHS exactly what they need to know to live the, to live the rest of their lives in the harmony that they so desire? That's right. Hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. This is Judd's Hockey Show and Pass Shoot Score. You too, Wild. Pass Shoot Score. <laughs>